What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of B-Shafe Daily. My name is Brendan Schaefer, joining you here, talking about a Cardinals weekend in which St. Louis drops a three-game series, two out of three, to the Cincinnati Reds, putting them in a bit of a compromised position as far as the National League standings are concerned, as St. Louis, after losing two or three to the Reds, now stands at 20-20 and and even 500. Uh, Still in second place in the Central, so that would still be good enough to make the postseason. The Cubs not exactly making any bold moves, though they have won couple in a row now. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10, as are the Cardinals. But the Cubs, though they're even with the Cardinals in the loss column, have played eight more games and have won all eight of those games. So they're 28-20. and 20. Four games back are the Cardinals. It's getting to the point where the Cubs can, you know, they, they win some games. They're going to be able to kind of box the Cardinals out of an opportunity to get first. We've talked about before, though, why that's not that big of a deal. As long as the Cardinals keep a stranglehold on second place, they're going to be okay. And this week weekday series coming up against the Brewers is going to be pretty critical toward that end because the Brewers stand at 20 and 24, currently in third place. Even though the Reds took two of three from the Cardinals, they're still a, a shade behind Milwaukee in fourth. And so you've just got to continue to fend off those two teams. And if the Cardinals are able to take care of the Brewers this week, that would go a long way toward distancing themselves from Milwaukee. Milwaukee's the team to watch, though, because you play them so many times. You play them 10 times between now and the end of the season, which is just under two weeks away. So it's just a ridiculous amount of games between today, Monday, September 14th, and the end of the season, presumably September 27th, unless the Cardinals end up having to squeeze in a doubleheader against the Tigers. I suppose that could be possible thereafter. Not 100% sure what the scheduling of that would look like, but end of the season supposed to be... September 27th. So the Cardinals will get the Brewers five times over the next three days. Monday is a doubleheader. Tuesday they're going to play one, and then they'll play two again on Wednesday. Monday's game kicking off this afternoon. They're just going to play straight through two in a row. And then a night game on Tuesday, another doubleheader Wednesday. Let's talk a little bit, though, about the weekend that was as Saturday Cardinals offense looked like it needed to. They they hit four home runs. They backed up Dakota Hudson, winning that game 7-1. to one. You got production from different members of the lineup. You get a home run from Bader. You get one from Carpenter. Goldschmidt, you're mixing it around, able to get some production from everybody. That's going to be a key for the Cardinals moving forward, and they were able to get that done on Saturday. Dakota Hudson continues to look really, really strong. His own run average for the season still below three I believe it's 2.92, and so, you know, for as much as we had questions about him coming into the season, he's gone a long way to answer those with his performance so far in 2020. Dakota did issue four walks in that game, but we saw from him on Saturday what we did often in 2019 when he led the league in walks issued, just getting rid of those with double play balls. He's got that ground ball in his back pocket, that's that's his goal when he gets out on the mound. Once he's got men on base, you're trying for that double play ball. He was able to do that, and the Reds collectively in that game on Saturday only come up with a total of three hits as the Cardinals win it 7-1. to one. Yesterday, though, is the game that I want to get a little bit more into on Sunday. That was a problem for the Cardinals. It was a game that they honestly, it's rare that you see a team lose 10-5 to five and feel like they certainly should have won that game, but I think that was the feeling for a lot of Cardinals fans yesterday. 
and, and for good reason. The Cardinals were, were doing everything offensively that you'd want to see them do early in that game, scoring in multiple innings, kind of you know giving you the paper cuts in, until, until you bleed out. That was the goal of the Cardinals' offense early in that game as they were able to get some runs on the board against Cincinnati. Cardinals scoring runs in the first, second, and fifth inning. The problem was every time the Cardinals scored a run, those were the only three innings they scored. They didn't do as much damage toward the latter half of the game, and by then the tide was certainly turning in favor of the Reds. There were runs scored in every inning but the fourth in this game by either one team or the other. But the problem for St. Louis was when they scored in the first, second, and fifth, they allowed the Reds to come right back and score immediately in the top of the next inning each of the three times. And so you give those runs back, disappointing to see, break it down, how did that happen? How how come the Cardinals weren't able to keep their lead? Well, one was a home run given up by Carlos Martinez off the foul pole. You know, you're going to give up some home runs. But other than that, it was hard to blame Carlos Martinez too much for the way it went down. And you look at his, his box score total. He only pitched four innings, gave up three runs, had eight strikeouts. He struck out the side in the first inning. His, his stuff looked sharp. But four innings, three earned runs, you know, I, I, think, I think the box score doesn't quite give Carlos credit for, for how sharp he was. Um, obviously, you, you give up some, some hits. He gives up six hits in four innings. That's more than you want. But the way the Reds end up getting their runs off of Martinez, frustrating. You get a ball to Austin Dean in left field, which hilariously, I'm trying to find it here on the, the game cast for MLB. They labeled it a sharp fly ball to outfielder Austin Dean. Uh, it was a ball that he lost in the sun. He was he was camped under it, could have been camped under it, and you know those things happen, but obviously disappointing. Not an error because he never made contact with the baseball, and so that's what I mean by Carlos Martinez's day looks a little bit worse than it than it was or should have been because after that, they put him into another difficult position, so you allow a base runner to get on to second and a run scores from that. Shouldn't have happened. And then they go ahead and intentionally walk the, me- the next batter, Mike Moustakis, and that loads the bases, and so it puts Carlos in a position where suddenly, you know, prior to that in the inning, he had, you know, given up a base hit, but he got a ground out, got a strikeout. Should have been out of the inning with the the the, uh, the Suarez, quote-unquote, double. Did give up a, another single to Votto, but at that point it was just two singles in four batters. He had gotten two outs. Suarez would have been the, the third out and the fifth batter. You're done. But instead, that's another hit. Have to intentionally walk Moustakas. You don't have to, but that's what they go ahead and do. You face Tyler Stevenson, but they don't throw him a strike and walk him in a full count. And so Carlos gets charged with that run as well, even though you know it's not his decision to intentionally walk a guy to put himself in a bad position. Uh, then he strikes out Brian Goodwin to end the inning. But that's a really difficult situation in the top of the third where you, know, you had just taken a 3-1 lead with some good pieces of hitting in the top of that third inning, or pardon me, in the top, bottom of the second inning. And then on the top of the third, you give it back. Tied up again, 3-3. Three to three. Move ahead to the fifth, though. The Cardinals do what they've been able to do in the last couple of games. couple of singles by uh, Carpenter and Harrison Bader end up plating another couple of runs for the Cardinals to get it to 5-3. to three. Again, you feel like you've, you've gotten over the hump, but the storyline now that emerges from that game is over the final four innings, your bullpen gives up a total of seven runs, and they do give up runs in every inning. Genesis Cabrera gives one up. Alex Reyes gives one up. John Gant gives up a run, doesn't record an out, and leaves the game with an injury. 
Uh, and then Andrew Miller comes in, and it, it was not a good outing for Andrew Miller either. He he walks a, walks a guy, hits a guy, uh, wild pitch, you name it. He's credited with the blown save, and uh, for good reason. Just wasn't a great outing for him. And then you got Woodford and Chris Matt, two guys that you know may not really even be people that you're you're counting on on your roster. They give up a combined three runs over the final couple of innings. But but as I mentioned, the real storyline is John Gant leaving with a, a groin injury. Cardinals said not expected to be as severe as what Giovanni Gallegos has with his groin injury, which Mike Schilt a couple days ago said it would be every bit of 10 days and probably a little bit more for Gallegos. You do the math on that. That puts at least to the final week of the season before Gio could return. And with these soft tissue injuries, a lot of times it ends up being longer because you don't want to bring a guy back too quickly and, and, and then you know run the risk of re-aggravating it and then you're you're done for the season. Rarely does it turn into you need like surgery or something, but these things take a lot of time to heal. And so if it's severe enough for them to say, yeah, every bit of 10 days could be two weeks, I would expect always for it to be the longer uh, edge of that prediction. Now with John Gant, they say maybe just a few days, maybe not as as big of a deal. We'll see if they put him on the, uh, the injured list today on Monday. Uh, but that's tough because you've lost a lot of key pieces from your bullpen already and other guys that you consider to be key pieces like Andrew Miller not having a good outing yesterday. The Cardinals bullpen is is certainly, you know, it's in a, it's in dire straits right now if you're if you're going to lose Gant for any period of time. You know, Gant even after allowing the run yesterday without recording it out, his ERA for the season stands at 2.57, so uh he's had a very solid good year for the Cardinals. But guys just keep dropping like flies, and they don't have another option. They don't have any other choices but to throw some of these guys that that you just you know you wouldn't necessarily consider them options for leverage situations or games that are still on the line. Mike Schultz going to run out of options. He's going to have to throw some guys that's un, it's uncomfortable in, in some cases where you you look at it and you say, man, I'm not super confident that guy's going to be able to get us through this situation X, Y, or Z. But it's going to come to the point where he's going to have to go to who he's got and. That's kind of been the story of the season for the Cardinals, especially with the COVID situation that happened. They had to kind of roll with who was healthy and who was on the roster. And you you have some leverage relievers on the men right now, and John Gant potentially joining that list yesterday. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, with, with what they said yesterday, could only be a few days. That would be an indication that maybe you don't put him on the injured list because he's not going to pitch for a day anyway in most cases if he pitched – on on Sunday and so you just figure if it's just a couple of days not the end of the world that would be that would be beneficial for the Cardinals but I don't know that you can always guarantee uh, with these kind of growing injuries that it's always going to end up that way so that's the situation for the Cardinals now heading to Milwaukee trying their their darndest to be able to keep the season alive and look we talk about the standings once again give you an update on that situation because now suddenly with with two weeks of calendar remaining it really does get pretty relevant to to break down the standings and kind of look at where other teams are. We know the fact that the Cardinals, if they're in second place, as they are right now, they're going to be fine and they're going to make the postseason, which ends up being just a three-game series in that first round this year, and they got to win two or three. You start looking at teams that, man, if they've got a, if they can stack two really good starting pitchers at the top of their rotation, you know, what what does that look like? Even if they're not maybe as good of a team as the Cardinals or as – you know, as as strong of a roster as St. Louis or, or and even not St. Louis, because right now you can't if you're the Cardinals, you just want to get in. It doesn't even really matter who you play. 
but I mean, there are teams where you you talk about the the Dodgers. You know, they've can can they stack a couple of pitchers? If you're the Cubs, you know, is Kyle Hendricks one of those guys? Especially, I mean, if you're facing the Cardinals, he certainly is. But uh, pitching matchups, that's going to be something that's really interesting when we get into that first postseason series because it's it's like a regular you know series in June three gamer just like you always play, but it has some serious stakes and implications on win or go home, which has not been something we've really seen in baseball. We've got, we've got the five game series, uh, you know, the NLDS, you've got seven games when it comes to the LCS and the world series. And we're familiar in St. Louis now with the wild card game. Uh, that's just one game winner, go home. The Cardinals won that game over the Braves in the first year that it existed. And so, the three-game series, though, while I hope it's not something that sticks around in baseball beyond this season, for reasons I've articulated many times on the show, uh, hopefully, you know, Cardinals get an opportunity to at least see what that looks like, and then you you got to make a decision on who, uh, you know, who your starting pitchers are going to be. For me, pretty easy as long as you got everybody healthy. It's going to be Flaherty and Wainwright that I would want as my two, uh, because Flaherty's your ace and Wainwright. Uh, has shown that he's been, you know, really maybe your best starting pitcher this season because Flaherty's had, they've been pretty careful with him, not wanting him to go very deep in certain games after they came back from COVID. Wainwright, they basically said, you're a veteran. We believe that you can do this. And, and you know, the kind of unsaid wisdom of that is if Wainwright does sustain an injury, it's not going to impact the Cardinals three years from now, whereas Flaherty, you don't want to take quite as many risks. And I, I think they just know the bulldog that Wainwright is. At his age, he wants to be out there and pitching and doing everything he can to help the team win because you don't know how many more seasons he's going to have the opportunity to do that. So long story short, if it's me, as good as Dakota Hudson's been, really it would be all hands on deck for that three-game series. Uh, you know, Hudson might might probably be my third starter. Kim, ha, you know, has been really good, but he's just now coming back from uh, the situation with, with his, uh, his kidney and the blood thinning medication and you know they've had to, they've had some weird beyond COVID they've had some weird health situations. Still don't have Dexter Fowler back with his situation, the medicine that he's on. Talk about a compromised immune system, so you you can't take any risks in the COVID era with a guy because you know we talk about with COVID these athletes are at at the peak of physical form and a lot of them you you figure you know you don't want anybody to to catch it, but if they do. Um, you feel like they're in as good a position as anybody to be able to professional athletes that is to be able to to get through it and, and come out on the other side okay. Uh, whereas you know you start messing with guys' immune systems, so that's where you can get into a dangerous situation. So the Cardinals have been careful with Dexter Fowler and they've been careful with Kwon Yun Kim, though Kim is expected to start Game One of the doubleheader on Monday afternoon today. So you know if he's able to to bounce back and, and show that he's He's okay, and, and, and I think he, you know, I can't speak to the health condition and the, the situation that he had dealt with, but I would I would say that from a baseball perspective, I would expect Kim to be able to come right back and, and do a good job as he's done so far this season for the Cardinals. Earned on an average of 0.83 coming into this start on Monday and has not given up a run in any of his last three starts facing the Reds, Pirates, and Reds. You get a little bit of a different look this time with the Brewers, but I would say, you know, having not faced the Brewers yet, that's a benefit to to KK because of the kind of de- deceptive way he's able to pitch. So um, I think that's another consideration of, you know, if you get into a three-game postseason series, which pitchers would you use? Kim would certainly be part of the list for me um, just because you know that that he's a, he's a guy that 
a lot of teams haven't seen. And if you're playing a team outside the Central Division in that first round, it's it's a completely fresh look. And so even if he's not starting, he could be a bulk reliever for me. And, and if you get it, give him piggybacked behind a starter who goes six, KK could certainly finish a game. I know his, his relief appearance that he had on opening day when he uh, gave up a run and nearly blew the save was not uh, the, the best showing he's had for this season. And so maybe you figure he's better off as a starting pitcher. But I do think that, that Kim could adapt. And if you're basically telling him, you're going to come in to start the seventh inning or the sixth inning, whatever it is, do your routine, get yourself prepared for that moment. I, I'm certain that he could be capable of doing that. So be interested to see if the Cardinals get there and how they handle their pitching. But today, another big test for Kim is he'll have to come off the injured list. Could be a situation where John Gant goes on if they think that's going to be an ailment that lasts him a week or more. And so that decision, I guess, will have to be coming from the Cardinals at some point. You'll already know about it by the time you listen to this podcast, perhaps, if you listen later in the day. But um, that's kind of what the Cardinals are looking at now. Doubleheader on Monday. It'll be Daniel Ponce de Leon, I believe, starting Game 2 for the Cardinals. Uh, another opportunity for Ponce. He's he's not had the season that he's certainly wanted. And, and I've, as I've said here on the show, too, it's not the season I thought he would have. He was one of the guys that I was really kind of riding high on when we were back in spring training but his season has just not gone to plan we've seen glimpses of it the good stuff that he has the 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 difficult fastball when he locates it makes it hard on hitters he's got strikeout potential he's got strikeout stuff he's he's struck batters out but he he's not been on point with his command he's given away I think too too many uh base runners too many walks and at the same time when, when you're getting into a situation where you're worried about walking guys, then you're going to start piping fastballs, and, and guys have hit him hard. And so it's not been a great year for Ponce, but now coming into Monday, hopefully the, the thought process for him, seven-inning game anyway, and so even if I only go you know four or five innings, let's make him four or five good ones and be able to kind of show my worth to this pitching staff and, and get the Cardinals a much-needed win. Can't come out of Monday with two losses because if you do that, I think the Brewers uh, – you know, are close enough to you that they'd essentially be tied or percentage points away from you because they're 20 and 24. And uh, for the Cardinals, if you were to lose two games to go to 20 and 22, you'd be two games under. Brewers would be 24, or pardon me, 22 and 24. So they'd be two games under, but they just will have done that having played four additional games compared to the Cardinals. And so absolutely vital that you, you don't let the Brewers wipe the floor with you this week if you want to keep pace uh, or at least be able to continue to fend them off in the National League Central. So, Kwon Yun Kim, Daniel Ponce de Leon, that'll be what the Cardinals roll out on Monday. We'll try to get a podcast going on Tuesday morning to break down uh, the two games from Monday. Like I said, ideally the Cardinals are able to split. If they're able to keep offensively going what they've done the last couple of days, you know, you scored five runs yesterday. It's not like you you did nothing. You've got to continue to hopefully you know you'd like to see them do more as the game goes along six seven eight and nine in those innings but early in the game they set the table to basically say hey we're scoring these runs let's let the bullpen lock it down the bullpen didn't do their job that's going to be an issue as well coming into this Milwaukee series when you've got so many games you've got so many guys injured I would expect some roster moves today to potentially you know try to get get some more uh, healthy fresh arms into that Cardinals bullpen We'll see what St. Louis ends up doing. We'll talk about it tomorrow, of course. But that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of B-Shape Daily. Make sure to subscribe to the show. You can do so at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many other places. All you got to do is go to anchor.fm slash 12 and you'll be able to find all the places 
and links to where the podcast is located. Make sure to give me a follow as well on the socials at bshafer12. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Appreciate you guys for joining me, and we will talk to you tomorrow.